0: Welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello, I'm Jack Ricks and this week I'm joined by Rowan Horncastle and Ollie Marriage for an awards special. Yeah, it's that time of year again when we hand out trophies to the best new cars in the world. Quite literally, in fact, because after three years off, we're going to have a physical awards ceremony again. But before we get into all the awards shenanigans and who's won what, uh, let's talk about what we've been up to. Who wants to go first?
1: I've been hoovering the red carpet for the awards. We haven't used it in three years, so no. that, that we, it's had a
0: bit moth-eaten, is it?
1: No, but we've also, I've been in Los Angeles with you for yes. a very long time. It I wasn't felt like. aware of that, yeah. Um, so we've been driving the new Hummer EV. We went on a big road trip, which you'll hear about in the future at some point. But we also went to the LA Motor Show, which was barren. <laughs> there wasn't <laughs> was a hell a of a lot bit. there. <laughs> there was a, a, a 911 Dakar. Uh, The kind of off-roady 911, which everyone's been talking about for a few years, but we've finally seen it. And there was a new Prius.
0: That which was we about don't it, get which, which we don't get yeah. <laughs> and finally looks quite good actually so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite like a look at that one yeah. yeah it's
1: got a supercar rake to the windscreen it kind of looks like a Honda CRX from the back but very cool very Japanese well, looking you,
0: you know it's a, a slightly light on headlines motor show when the second coolest car you saw was a Toyota Prius
1: <laughs> i don't a big seller though isn't it it is a, it is <laughs> oh, a big it's name it's a big seller if you, if you want to say to a car person can you name a car Toyota Prius would be high up on the list, I'm sure. I
2: expect most, but the car last a lot of people last got out of is probably the back of a
0: Toyota Prius. <laughs> exactly, exactly, right, right, yeah. So. um Los An- you obviously, you swanned off on your plane. I was on a different flight. You got stuck in Los Angeles because we were delayed by 27 hours, which was slightly painful. But don't worry, I'm not going to grumble about, you know. <laughs> yeah, the
1: great my- irony of flights. <laughs> yeah. um, myself and videographer Charlie Rose, we had to go via Copenhagen on both routes. And you were delayed six hours on the way out. So we beat you on the way out, even though we went the wrong way to start with. And then on the way back, we went again to Denmark and still beat you by 20
0: hours. So, yeah. uh, So the lesson here is always go via Copenhagen. Hagen. wherever you're going in the world it's the fastest route um but no so i found myself with a, with a day to kill in los angeles and um went to the peterson museum the which is uh, a car um, auto, uh, automotive museum fantastic what i love about it there's nothing like it in the uk because they they, they don't go in for you know, all the all the classic stuff. It's, they keep it really contemporary and up to date. And every time I go, the exhibits have changed. There's an Andy Warhol exhibition going on there. There's a vault, which is brilliant, which is basically the overflow. So you go down into the basement and all these cars are just stacked up next to each other. And then they had a brand new Tesla exhibition, which is just bonkers because... Tesla—it's brand new, basically, as a company. But here it is: the history of Tesla, cultural Actually, phenomenon. Quite a lot has gone on in the last 14 years. Well,
1: there's a lot of promises as well that they haven't quite kept. So I'm sure there's stands for that. Yeah, plenty to
0: come. But yeah. uh, no, it was, it was yeah, it was an interesting, interesting day out. What have you been up yeah. to, Ollie? Well, while you were in
2: LA, I was in Italy because I went over there to drive the new Maserati GranTurismo Folgere, which is going to be their name for all their electric stuff. Um, but we've got a genuine world exclusive on our hands. We're the only people ding, to be ding, allowed.
0: So that was the world exclusive. <laughs> oh, role. good, the Clang. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and how was, so, it? was it? Was it good? It's really interesting,
2: actually. It feels to me like Maserati, Stellantis, who own Maserati, have suddenly gone, oh, we've got a really good brand on our hands. We should probably invest in it a bit. And so it feels like they've spent a lot of money on the new Gran Turismo. So it's going to be petrol as well as electric. There'll be no hybrid. You have to choose petrol or electric. I've only driven the electric one. But that's the one everyone's getting excited about. Seven hundred and fifty horsepower. It's actually a really cleverly packaged car. So the battery isn't underneath the car. It's actually in front of the, dr- the sort of passenger cell and back down the transmission tunnel. So you've got. So it means you've still got a decent boot and four proper seats. You've got a long bonnet, but most of that bonnet is batteries. What's under there? But everyone goes oh. That's going to make your weight distribution like a hammer. But actually, it's not. It drives re- in a really balanced way. Um, so I'm really impressed with it. I thought it felt good. It still felt exciting and interesting, despite the fact it's powered by electric. It still had the sort of sense of craftsmanship in it and that sort of thing. So I think I think it could do really well for them. Was yeah. it way? 2.2 tons. 2.2, but then we. It's we've 500 been... kilos more than the petrol version. But you're
0: talking basically. to uh, yeah. two people that have been driving around in a Hummer that weighs 4.1. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, honestly, that's chicken feed, to yeah, be honest, yeah. where we've come from. I'm
2: getting a bit concerned about weight. Yes, the, the
1: power numbers it. are hilarious as well. If yeah. you would have said 10 years ago, oh, by the way, there's going to be a Maserati with 750 horsepower, mm. you had no way. But then, yes, it's just there to count the weight. But, yeah, a mm. 1,000 horsepower we had to play with in the Hummer.
0: Yeah, and it needed every one of them, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so the plan is, we're going to go through the winners. Um, we'll just mm. we'll rattle them off. We'll read out who won what awards in the order they appear in the magazine. Um, Before we do that, don't forget you can learn loads more about all the winners on topgear.com. There's a dedicated landing page there. You can buy the mag now by the time this podcast goes out live and you can watch a walk around video of all the winners on YouTube if you want to have a look at what they actually look like. But um, let's crack on. Should we start with a big one? Go on then.
1: Well, should we do it by car or by title? Because there's a car I want to know a lot more about and I haven't driven, and you're the only one in the room who has. Yeah. The Koninseg Yesco.
0: That's right. So that's our yeah. hypercar of the year. Um,
1: well, I didn't think it was going to be city car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although. It yeah, can, can be done. T- Where will you find it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, surprisingly compliant on the public road, as I discovered. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, look, any chance to, to drive a Koninseg <laughs> is amazing. These opportunities, they, they don't do big press launches. They don't do, oh, you know, a load of journalists over to drive a car at once. It's really bespoke. You know, you got, to, you got to spend months and months persuading them to let you come over to Angleholm in Sweden, which is their HQ. So eventually we got the nod to go and drive this Yesco. Um, there's two versions, of course. There's the Attack, which is the one with the big wing and all the downforce, and the Absolute, which is the more kind of streamliner top speed version it gets fins on the back and it's a bit more slippery which one do you prefer by the way oh the attack I think yeah I do as well and I'm
1: normally a a wing person
0: yeah yeah So yeah, I would go for the absolute, which is it's not like we had a choice. You know, you've driven both,
1: haven't you? At this point, I did. Did I drove the
0: attack briefly in um, in Monterey. Ah, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was literally a a a fifteen minute blast on the public road to sort of delivering it back to the house they were staying in. So yeah, it didn't reveal all, but this time we, um, you know, we wanted a proper track and road test. um, So we managed to get the car on their runway. They've basically got a runway. Um, Ro and I have been. You've been there. Yeah, that's yeah. where you, you um, melted some tyres on a Regera. I, it? It's the best burnout I've ever done <laughs> and the easiest.
1: I've never seen tyres turn to clouds so quickly. So it, quickly. it literally... <laughs> I, I was there with a the camera and they, it, uh, Ollie was static and then he was just in a cloud of smoke. And I don't know what happened, but these cup two hours <laughs> just, were gone. They were in canvases. Like a yeah.
0: David Copperfield trick. Just watch this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just had so much torque. They just disintegrated instantly. And that's
0: yeah. because the Regera had that mm. trick... It was essentially like a CVT gearbox. gearbox. Yeah, yeah. It? So you could just keep your foot down and it was just... Mm.
2: It was weird because I remember just driving off the line and then go, right, I'll give it a bit of throttle now. And then instantly, well, you seem to accelerate quite quickly, but mainly was you just disappeared in your own smoke. But yeah, also the was Regera
1: amazing. was weird with that gearbox because it was mm. single speed. That The faster you went, the lower the revs went. So yeah. it was just bizarre for your sensory experience of going and you're in a Koenigsegg, you're going really, really fast, and then it's going, oh, doing about 1,000
0: RPM. (laughs) Well, There's there's more um, gearbox fun Mm. with the Yesco. So, uh, you know, Christian von Koenigsegg does not like to do anything easy. He's developed this whole new gearbox. It's called a nine-speed light-speed transmission, I think he calls it. And effectively, the whole idea is it's the size and weight of a six-speed because you've got two sets of three gears, and they compound to create nine ratios. So a bit like- um, Oh, you're pedaling quite hard. I'm having to uh, pedal yeah. quite hard to <laughs> Here we go.
2: Hang on. Go. Now,
0: <laughs> the best way he described it was it's like a bike, right? Mm. So you've got three cogs here and three cogs here, so you've got nine possible ratios. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very clever. But what you end up with, is with the, the first three gears are really closely stacked, which is great mm. for acceleration. But as I discovered, when you're trying to launch it down the runway, they're so closely stacked. I was just smashing into the limiter, like (laughs) I couldn't. My brain couldn't send the signals to my fingers quick enough to hit the paddle (laughs) to change up a gear. So I was looking like a right old idiot uh, for a while, and then eventually got the hang of it. Recalibrated, and it is just insanely quick. This engine, so flat plane crank, it's a twin turbo, but it doesn't have a flywheel. Now. Uh, that's something to do with this very clever gearbox. But as you can imagine, it means it revs like a naturally aspirated engine. Yeah.
1: Well, even more, well, it's It's even quicker. Oh, yeah, yeah, the way yeah. that this needle just goes around. I think it's around. got
0: the world record for the... the if, you, if you're if you sitting there idling and you blip the throttle, it will hit maximum revs in 0.2 of a second, which wow. is some sort of Cause record.
2: Because being a bit of a Stato, because Stato's not here this week, <laughs> I think the <laughs> Lexus LFA had the record for that, and it was like 0.6 seconds. Yeah. But
0: this zero point two to go 0.2, from static. I believe that's uh, that's astonishing. Mm. Yes, it's it's an astonishing. He seems to have looked at all the things, all the draw, the potential drawbacks of a a turbocharged engine and a mm. twin clutch gearbox, and just sort of circumnavigated them with his brain. <laughs> it's it's an amazing <laughs> thing. But the 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 sum of it is a very very fast, very angry car. But yeah. it doesn't really feel that intimidating. You know, we were we were sort of hooning about on the track and it was very playful and there's still a little bit of roll in the chassis. And the best thing is I came back in, you know, white as a sheet. Uh, and the I was like, wow, that is, that's what nearly 1600 horsepower feels like, is it? And the, the engineer was like, no, actually, we're running on normal uh, pump fuel here. So you've only got about 1200, 12 and a half. Uh, oh, <laughs> you have to run on E85 to unlock all the power, mm-hmm. which you know. There was, was
1: enough, and it was in a sinister, sinister spec, wasn't it? It was yeah, black carbon. Is it was a carbon body? Or yeah, was it was carbon... sort
0: of um, it kind of exposed, naked carbon, kind of fading into metallic grey, if you like, at the back. Obviously, the uh, photographer and videographer got a sweat on when they saw it because it's just absorbing all the light. It had some quite cool little orange highlights on the on the vents and on the wheels. And the and ghost
1: stuff. squadron on the back. It did well known the, the the tramp stamp on the glass <laughs> of, the, of the ghost squadron. But it wasn't just a, a, a runway test, was it? and see how fast it was going. We had a bit of a different treatment that we came up with in the office.
0: Exactly. Uh, So we fired up the random feature generator, and this one popped out, (laughs) which was, um, I don't even remember, but back in 2019, when the Yesco was first shown at the Geneva show, they made a load of uh, uh, Yesco beer. So they got a local brewery to brew up a batch, and they labeled up these beers just for a bit of fun on the stand so they could hand them out in hospitality. But we remember stuff like that.
1: Because we, we, we consumed a few of them. We plates. remember <laughs> alcoholic <laughs>
0: drinks. And, um, uh, and so we, we pitched to Koenigsegg. We were like, oh, how about if we delivered some Yesco beer to Yesco von Koenigsegg, who's Christian von Koenigsegg's dad, and actually really helped him set up the company in the early days, um, in a Koenigsegg Yesco. So it was a Yesco, Yesco, Yesco. And uh, amazingly, they said yes. He, he's just such a lovely man. Traveled. He lives in Stockholm, so he travelled four and a half, five hours south to meet us, um, they managed to get a Koenigsegg uh, family friends, modest country pile, <laughs> mansion, um, and uh, he managed to get the keys to that and met us there. So we we drove the car on the road, um, took some beers with us and met up with Jesco, which was just lovely. Interviewed him, drank a beer, and uh, yeah, it was nice a, chap, lovely chap, fantastic English. Apparently he 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 worked for uh, in London for a time. But he's, um, he was re- instrumental in setting up this company. So it was, yeah, quite a special moment. Yeah, yeah. Good day. Very good day in the office. Well, that's Hypercar of the Year. <laughs> What's next? OK, let's keep going. Um, manufacturer of the Year, Kia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, check that fantastic illustration, actually, in the magazine, if you haven't seen that. Before. Like Olgan Cordell, Ol- wasn't it? Olgan Cordell, yes. Yeah. Nice work, Olgan.
1: No, but they're on fire, you know, with the um, EV6. And just the near, and just the taking over, you know, democratizing EV travel for everyone. Yeah. This is what you're seeing more and more cars around town. really good everyday cars.
0: Probably why we don't get the Prius in the UK because <laughs> all the Uber drivers want a, a, a Nero EV these days, <laughs> yeah. don't they? Um, sports car of the year: Toyota GR86. We talked about that a bit yeah, in the yeah. last pod. You know, Ollie, yeah. Ollie took it to Wales. Big fan of that. Yeah, nice. And we
1: did actually see those at the uh, LA Auto Show. They were flooding the floor.
0: That's where all the GR86s are, Ollie. Oh, is it? There was loads of them trying to fill up this enormous (laughs) Unregistered?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Because the the, the LA show was so bare, and they had such big um, exhibition space to fill, they brought the the outside in by doing 4x4 displays inside, and then they've got any car with the badge of the manufacturer they owned on the floor, including 86s, which have a small footprint, they realized there was still a lot of space left, so then they got the biggest trucks they could and just filled the floor with them. And that was the same for Honda, for Toyota, Lexus, etc., etc. A lot
0: of SEMA cars around, you know, like six-wheelers with roof tents on and, you know, whatever else they could stick on the sides just to pack out the floor space. Um, All right, um, best awards title next up, MPV MVP of the year. Thought I was gonna stumble on that one. No good. <laughs> uh ID Buzz. Yeah, good one. People yeah, carry it back. It's a very yeah, good one as at well. Last. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
2: want one of those. Ollie, you still in the market? I am still in the market. I've still got an order in for one. Ooh. It's due to arrive next March. Yeah. Fingers crossed. But I'm still deciding whether it's right because I think of as we've written before the, the buzz is a brilliant brilliant car but it's not as versatile and clever yet as it will be in time it'll get more seats because at the moment it's just a five-seater mm-hmm. fairly regular sort of just very spacious yeah family car but,
0: yeah it's exactly, a family car with an enormous boot at yeah, the moment yeah yeah, yeah.
2: it'll get cleverer in time yeah, but yeah so I'm, there's I'm a long really wheelbase coming and uh, you
0: you like a camper oh, i love a van oh God, love, love a van the camper uh, all right, next up is our Instant Icon Award, which went to the uh, Hyundai N-Vision 74. I think I got that the yeah. right way around. What a thing, hey? Eh? Yeah, uh, I think,
1: you know... Masterful piece of design. Yeah, as soon as everyone saw it, they were like, we want a bit of that, because it's it's got all the kind of... It was Sang-Yup Lee, the Hyundai designer, behind it, and it has all the trademarks of what he's trying to do with pixelation, and, but it just adds retro cool to motorsport, big wing but also performance from a hydrogen drivetrain as part of their rolling labs, which they also also brought out with the um, R22e. Is that the other one? The yeah, L- that's yeah. a kind of a Ionic
0: 6N N- preview.
1: Touring car yeah. racery thing. Mm. But we were all drawn to this because it has hints of DeLorean to it, but also yeah, Drift yeah. Monster.
2: You do know what the DeLorean connection is? It's
1: so something to do with DeLore- a pony or is, something. Yeah,
2: yeah. So originally, when Hyundai first started and decided they wanted to build cars... They went to Giugiaro to do them the po- the original pony. And Giugiaro at the time said, well, we should do you a coupe as well. This was for a towel de- with a towel design. I think, is it towel? I can never remember the names of the Italian design houses <laughs> anyway. So they, he designed them this car as well, which appeared at the, like, the Turin Motor Show in 1974 and then was never seen again. But the, Giugiaro then took that work when he was commissioned by... Um, the by DeLorean to do the DMC, so that went to them. So High I sort of feel they have a bit of ownership of that design, and so they're going to yeah. So they've
1: used it again, oh. but also well, they, they on the Back to the Future theme, it's 1.21 gigawatts that comes out of the N74. <laughs> so we could we could always go with, with the doc uh, phrasing for that. But it's also is it 700 horsepower basically? Yeah. I think it is. So yeah, it's uh, just
0: so fantastic to see a car that that um you know so many concepts you know, are just a design exercise or sometimes they're just mercilessly promoting a new technology or something. And this just does everything. It looks cool. Mm. You know, there's a there's a reason. There's a lovely heritage story there behind it, Ollie. And then and then the fact that it's made hydrogen cool, basically. And Ollie Q, mm. lucky git, got a chance to actually drive it works. You yeah, yeah. got to drive it around a the track. There's a great mm. video uh on YouTube which you can go and watch. Uh and yeah, it's just
1: but it shows that the public like it as well. I think the video's done over 4 million views in you know, a handful of months. So, mm. you know, Hyundai really that's, lightning in the bottle there. That's basically. why we
0: now call it QTube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's all <laughs> yeah. the numbers. That's, yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, next up, bargain of the year goes to the MG4. Yeah. Mm. That, none of us have actually driven it. No. Oh I I've think. I've sat in it. We had one at the awards yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the awards studio shoot when mm. we did the, the winners walk around video. Yeah. Um yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean yeah. really everyone's focusing on the VW ID three, you know. Yeah. Does this car um do everything an ID three does for, you know, nearly ten grand less? Mm. Yes it does. Yeah. But there's still some badge snobbery around. So, you know, are you prepared to hold your nose and uh, take the plunge? Yeah, well, this is the thing. is I'd, Everyone who sort of goes on about the links
2: of, you know, oh, it's the MG's not like it used to be. I don't think MG has any heritage left in the UK whatsoever. It's just... It's <laughs> run it, it's dry. Just, it, yeah. it's, it ran dry. I just don't yeah. think... So I think a lot of people coming into MG now have no awareness of what it used to be and are just taking it on its own merits and yeah. are looking at it as just a very good value electric car, which it is, and it performs... Really well, as well.
1: That's the thing with all these EV startups. There's new brands around everywhere. So, for for most manufacturers, they can have a clean slate and and start if they want to. And when you're eyeing up an EV, which a lot of people are, when you see it's eight grand cheaper than an ID3, and it does everything that an ID3 does. a
0: mighty piece of timing to launch it into the teeth of a severe economic headwinds. Yeah, when mm-hmm. legislation
1: uh, is pushing you the other way to say, get an EV now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's one... And how many
0: people just go online and go, oh, time to get in an EV, I suppose. Yeah. What's the cheapest one? You know, mm-hmm. that's going to be coming at the top of a lot of Google searches, I think. Yeah, yeah. All right, from um, the bargain of the year to the noise of the year. Ollie, you're the only one that's driven this. The Pagani <laughs> oh, yes. Huayra R yeah yeah
2: oh, what a thing! Oh, my god, that it is just astonishing, so I drove it back at Vallalunga near Rome um earlier in the year and it just it's one of those cars it's so exciting that your experience of it is as much standing on the pit wall and listening it to go listen to it go past as it is when you're in the car because it's just it's 140 decibels uncorked so it's louder than a formula 1 car it's just mad even fully corked up it's still 110 or something so it's going to bust every track day noise limit there's ever been but it's it is and the experience of being in it The vibrations you get, the noise you're aware of, no matter how much you've plugged your ears and put a helmet on, Mm. it's just,
0: it blows your mind. I tell you what, with all these kind of track-only hypercar specials Mm. flying around, you know, uh, this one does appeal. You know, if you're going to go full exotic, full noise, this is, and just keep one in the garage for those special track days, this this has got to be Yeah, if you
1: want to splash the cash and you've got it, this is a worthy one. How much uh, cash? 2.5
0: 2.5 Yeah, million yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. doesn't mean anything these days 6 just... litres of naturally
2: aspirated V12 that's that's for the win but
1: it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's a, a noise worth travelling for which is what I did because I heard that it was in the country and that a certain um, racing driver called the Stig was going to lap it at the TV show where well, my first question was where because there is nowhere where the noise limits would allow for it but it was down at our track and I don't know how they managed that because we do have some issues there with noise occasionally but they got special um, dispensation from the council as long as they did it in between a wedding because if the church bells went off then you just heard this screaming v12 um but for the next uh is for, for the next series of the tv show but i was there when he lapped the previous when he did the with the wire 10 or so years ago and to see how this car when you strip it out change the engine
0: i don't think it has anything in common does it i think they've just no, clean, it looks cheek. similar. Yeah, 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 it looks
1: similar. But mm. it, when you haven't seen a Pagani in a while, yeah. mm-hmm. it's an absolutely beautiful bit of kit. But then when you um, complement it with lots of high-end motorsport bits, it's mm. a properly special thing to be around. Lovely, and yeah. what a noise! Lovely, yeah, and yeah. from
0: that to our American car of the year,
1: which is very quiet. Which is very
0: mm. quiet indeed. The Ford F One Fifty Lightning. So, uh, but it's a really impressive piece of kit. We 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 did our big adventure with it in America. Um and it's you know, for me it's just a better Ford F one fifty than the standard truck. Yeah. As long as you can live with the three hundred mile range and you don't, you know, live in deepest rural America.
1: But yeah, you need to be able to charge it because America is a very big place. Uh but they are selling out there. People do want one because they see it as a new thing. And a lot of people, if you're spending a lot of money on a big pickup truck, you want the new thing. It used to be different different embroidery on the leather and some ball bars, etc. But when it's got a completely different drivetrain, and technology in it, plus you can power TVs, projectors, beer fridges. It's the ultimate tailgate wagon.
0: It's it's faster than an F-150 Raptor as well. So, you know, there's all sorts of headlines here to grab. Are you into new tech? Are you an early adopter? Do you just want to go quickly? Do you just want the most expensive truck you know whatever they're, they're they're sort of hoovering up an audience from all, all over
1: do you want the thing yeah. <laughs> yeah not the cyber tesla truck cyber tesla truck cyber the, tesla th- truck the, the tesla cyber truck the jet lag is still getting the better of me <laughs> because you can actually get one of these now whereas everyone put orders down for those and you you can't currently yeah they're just in they're just in your um in the, Peter, the peterson museum peterson museum yeah that was, the or origi-
0: it was literally the original concept that uh we saw which is the one that they smashed the windows with remember they threw oh, the metal threat? ball yeah, yeah. they weren't supposed to break and they broke and then they've even got the, the ball itself mounted <laughs> on the wall next to a sledgehammer because apparently Elon Musk claims oh no 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 the reason they broke was because we hit the windows with a sledgehammer just before that and it must have weakened them and that's why they broke well lies yeah huh.
1: <laughs> PR disaster, <laughs> right. live in front of millions. Next, uh, the moment of the year. Mm-hmm. So, well, what was? It, were there any? Was there anything else in contention for well, this? I tell really? You
0: what late in the day came the, um, the NASCAR overtake where he, um, oh, he ran the wall, he ran the, the wall, Grand Turismo. And actually, this this issue was going to press, and that did cross my mind. Oh, oh maybe there should be that instead. But no. Stick tick to your guns, the McMurtry spieling when it happened mm. was one hell of a moment, wasn't it? Yeah. It, this yeah. is it breaking the um breaking the Goodwood Hill climb record just over thirty nine seconds. Mm. And just at
2: a speed that none of us, we all watched it online, I think. I don't think we, none of you weren't there I wasn't there, no. No. And it's just, it just looks sped up. I just thought the footage looked mad.
1: But also for this tiny company from the UK to arrive at the biggest show, you know, in motoring now, it is the modern motor show, Goodwood. It's where you can show your cars live, but also people can hear them, walk around and see them. No one knew what it was. The year previously, it was under some crappy gazebo, <laughs> and like a science project. And then the year afterwards, they've gone and smashed every record that's ever been set there. <laughs>
0: pretty- I remember I had literally f- friends who aren't that into cars and family members sort of texted me going, well, what's that thing that just happened to Goodwood? It became, it sort of transcended... Um, just, you know, the normal car enthusiast circles, yeah. isn't it, when it happened?
1: Yeah. But, you know, people haven't seen two tons of downforce before like applied from a static position. And then <laughs> it was a very, very good physics lesson in, uh, in in show there. But if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, if you go through to the feed, we spoke to Max Chilton, who was driving the car on a step-by-step well, hill climb. Not a lap. What is it? Run. That's it. Yeah. Uh, If you want to hear more about that, because it was absolutely mind-blowing. It's brilliant.
0: The best thing about that pod is Ron and I basically don't say anything. We just (laughs) go, Max, what happened? And he just runs us through the run from literally doing a burnout to warm up the tyres firing up the fans and then corner by corner until he gets to the top of the hill and it's just insane yeah. to hear what was going through his head
1: but also the, the most fascinating fact is that he was it, they had a speed limiter of 140 miles now, 140, 150 and he was at it for four seconds
0: oh yeah past the house yeah just <laughs> on the limiter as
1: a percentage of you know of the run that he was absolutely flat oh, out so if God. they got rid of that plus he thinks there's more in the tank plus more development how fast it can go is, it'll be insane wow right what we
0: got next? Back down to earth. Uh, family hatch of the year is the Vauxhall Astra. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right, I'm going to leave you two to discuss this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, why don't we get um, why don't we get Paul Horrell on? Because Paul uh, went off and did a great feature with this car. Um, uh, he can explain more, but it's essentially celebrating ordinary things. You know, we're, we're all too quick to talk about supercars and flash high-end stuff, but really it's these everyday cars that you need to cherish. Should we get Paul on? Yeah, let's do Here it. He is. And when we, while, while we got him, we'll do his 60-second um, challenge at the same time. How about that? Yeah, left-right
1: yeah. punch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, Paul.
3: How are you? Uh, I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, very well. Uh, Calm, collected, cool, ready for my minute of very high pressure.
0: Well, actually, uh, this month we've got a slightly extended Paul Horrell slot for you because, um, first of all, we wanted to talk about uh, our family hatch of the year, which is the Voxel Astro, and I know you took it off on this uh, rather exciting trip celebrating the ordinary things. What happened?
3: Well, um that uh <laughs> we just did some some nice ordinary things in a nice ordinary car i think what has happened to me i don't know about everybody out there in podcast land um is that during the pandemic i didn't really miss going off to very distant places and doing very exotic things i just missed uh being with my friends and going to things that i enjoy doing that are perhaps local but that are perhaps good you know we don't want to waste our time with rubbish any longer um and uh, I think I mentioned this in the story that when I looked at some of the things that had happened over the summer, like the um, all these new limited edition hypercars um, at the uh, uh, at the California Monterey, Californian the car Monterey yeah. Festival Car Week, I just thought, hmm, that's not really... That just seems like... It just seems like the end of an empire. Somehow it doesn't seem like um, what we all really want to be doing. Um, but maybe I shouldn't speak for other people. Maybe I should speak for myself. And what I remember in my life is that the happiest days have been just in ordinary cars, the cars that I can relate to uh, going with people I like to places I like. Uh, and so uh, I was given the company of Johnny Fleetwood, um, which is fine. He's a big talker. I'm a big talker. So we've, we've, <laughs> there was no dead air in the car for the whole three days. Um, Johnny's an interesting man. He basically tells stories deep rather than telling them wide. Um so he he picks he picks a detail and tells you everything. So I met him um at the uh, at the A1 services um at the bottom of the M20 uh, 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 sorry at the on the M25 at the bottom of the A1. And we were well past Birmingham before he finished telling me about the time his car got scratched by a valet Parker and he couldn't get a new rear light to. Uh, um, I was there fix when that happened. Right? I think
0: it got more than uh, scratched. Well, M- whatever yeah, happened, did a good job on it.
3: Yeah. all right <laughs> oh, right. Gosh, gosh, all that detail, and I still didn't really. Um, that so, didn't really sink in. So,
0: what were the um, what what were the what were the places you wanted to? So, so it was sort of taking very ordinary. Everyday activities, but then, uh, you know, pursuing the best. Yeah, it was the best of. Yeah,
3: it was the best of. So it was was the best. An
0: enormous ice cream, I remember.
3: Yeah, that was right at the end. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) but there was a there was a best of motorway services. I mean, we all think motorway services are terrible, and they mostly are. But there's there are two, Um, T Bay and Gloucester that are really good, and coincidentally, they're run by the same people. But uh, they have farm shops, they have good food, they have a nice view. they're just actually quite good places to go to so we made sure that when we stopped and filled up with petrol that was where we did it and filled our stomachs too um and also the best motorway in britain um because again people think that you know motorways are terribly boring blah blah but actually i love going up over shap summit on the m6 you never know what the weather's going to do the scenery's fantastic the roads usually quite empty um and you know you're not you're not doing radical drastic busy driving you're just traveling and it's great so we did a bit of that then we went uh, over the pennines stopped and uh, i went for a bike ride because normally my bike ride of a morning is to go out to hackney hackney wick um breathe a bit of uh, knocks from the trucks um. <laughs> fall in the canal yeah, I've fallen the canal. I've done that, uh, and then come home. <laughs> and I thought, well, if I can take my bicycle in the back of this Astra, which you can't take a bicycle in the back of a twelve-seater supercar, uh, whereas you can in an Astra. So I took it up. Molly,
1: marriage is going to disagree with that statement.
3: Molly so so. just, just
0: suckers it to the roof. <laughs> yeah, but you know,
3: then you then you get then you get wind noise in your twelve-seater supercar. So um, yeah. Anyway, we, I rode my bike uh, for a little way across the Pennines. Um, and uh, then we went to Whitby. Whitby's marvelous. It's a really nice seaside town. Um, was this was... all in one day, Paul? No, this was two days. Two days. Uh, actually, you no. Know, we got to we got to Whitby, and we uh, we stayed overnight in Whitby. So actually, yeah, everything I've said so far was what day was one, one day. Yeah, was was day one. Um, in the evening, we walked up the steps, Dracula's ninety nine steps, up to Whitby Abbey, and watched the sun go down. But in all
0: this fun that you've been having, Paul, you haven't mentioned the car. And I suppose that's sort of the point that the Astra just kind of ticks along and works in the background. And it's quite handsome and quite frugal and all these things that just, um, that just mean it, it, it works as an ordinary car. It does. But I'm going to disagree with
3: you there because I really did enjoy the driving um, going across the Pennines in particular, but uh, into the Peak District as well. The thing is, I would much rather drive a slow car fast than a fast car slowly. I mean, you know, this loops back to what I was saying at the beginning about all these hypercars that I just didn't really miss driving during COVID because I just think, you know, the supercars are too fast these days. Um, And the more you – the more constrained you are by the amount of other traffic there is or the number of speed cameras there are or all those things – um, the more you realise that just driving the little spuds off a slow little one point two liter three cylinder car, um, you know, it's good fun. Haven't you all just been on holiday and rented a car and like worn oh. the lettering
0: off the sidewalls of the tyres? You know, absolutely. The the Dacia Lodge at full <laughs> chat around Fuerteventura was great fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did a special stage in a um, say at me. <laughs> in uh, the Pillian Peninsula in Greece. I I agree with you, Paul. I don't think it ever came off the red line, if I'm honest, but
0: um, (laughs) brilliant. Right, Paul, we're going to give you now uh, your traditional uh, 60 seconds to answer something quite complicated that clearly needs, needs a lot more time to explain, but you don't have more time. You've got 60 seconds. So who wants to introduce Paul's topic
1: I'll give it a go. Have you got your timer ready? Your wind chime that you normally have? Um? Uh, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to
3: use my watch because it's. It's going to need quieter. a sundial
1: for this one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what right. Are you gonna... Go on, bro. <laughs> so, Mr. Horrell, can you please explain to us the new phenomenon of subscription models to buy options on cars? I'm sure you've seen it, the BMW have got involved, Mercedes. And is it a good idea?
0: And your time, Horrell, starts now. If you're a car manufacturer,
3: and I know this sounds very industry of me to start by talking from the manufacturer's point of view, but it's much cheaper and simpler to just build a load of stuff into a car and then have it deactivated. Um, but actually, that's also advantageous if you're us, if you're buying a car, because um, it makes the car cheaper than it cheaper than it otherwise would be because logistics costs money, especially at the moment in these you know supply chain chaos. That's why your local supermarket hasn't got a lot of stuff in it, or rather's got a lot of holes in the shelves. Anyway. Um, What you then do, because your car is connected to the internet, is that you pay a bit of money and certain options, driver assist systems, things like that, where the hardware is already built into the car, um, can be activated so you get more stuff, more facilities in your car. Um, Is it a good idea? I'm not going to get bent out of shape about this. I know a lot of people get very agitated, but, you know,
0: uh, life is like this. We're going to have to stop you there, Paul. That is 60 seconds on the clock you were just getting you were just getting to your conclusion what a shame <laughs>
3: well so there's you, actually there well, is a lot of anger on the internet on this so uh, maybe it's easier if i don't take a side because well, i want
0: to <laughs> i think you've already taken a side in one of your columns haven't you where you say calm down you know we we, mm. we pay subscriptions for, for everything why not why not the options
1: yeah, yeah, you're going to have yeah. a cold ass in in winter because you haven't decided to have the subscription model for your heated seats in your BMW. But it is interesting about
2: that construction of the cars being if you can put everything on it in the first place, just build all of them the same with everything fitted and then just charge people to use the options, then it sort of makes sense from their point of view.
3: Well, it's not the thing. Is it's not. Um, I mean, you wouldn't put everything on it. So you know, electric seats versus manual seats—that's quite an extra expense. But if you're going to have a seat that either has heated seating elements in it or not, I mean, there's there's such a small little bit of hardware. You might as well just have a seat that's always got the elements in, and then um, you know you can just. Activate you can see it over why people
0: would think. Hang on a minute! I've just bought a car that has seat heater elements built in and they're making me pay to switch them on i've lit i physically paid for this yeah piece of hardware you could see how people get riled up especially in this day and age where it takes a lot less than that to make people angry you think yeah you, you
3: you know you physically paid for your computer but there's a load of stuff it can't do unless you buy the software um you know it's damn that's a good that's a
0: touche (laughs) well done all right i feel yeah i'm suitably slayed by that one um paul thank you so much that's been fantastic plenty to ponder
3: good i think the astra had heated seats um i mean that's the thing even ordinary cars these days my goodness they've just got a load of stuff on you know, the, oh, the, the, the navigation system was too complicated and willful for us even to use it, you know. But fortunately, we were going to places where we knew, so we just drove there. Um, but there's so much there's so much stuff in cars, even ordinary cars these days. And the Astra also had an automatic gearbox, um, which I didn't want. I wanted a manual because, you know, they're more fun. And also because the automatic gearbox that you get in every Vauxhall, Opel, DS, Citroën, Peugeot isn't a very good one. It's an eight-speed, but the eight-speed's are first, second, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth.
1: Well, unfortunately, Paul, I don't think you can change your automatic gearbox into a manual one on subscription, so we'll have no. to stop that there. So <laughs>
3: Yeah, I want to su- subscribe to a clutch.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, great to speak to you, and we'll see you next month.
3: Uh, lovely. Bye. Bye, Paul.
1: Right, there you go, Paul Horrell. Everyone take a deep breath, and let's go on for some more awards, shall we?
0: Yeah, let's get that heart rate down. Um, Right, next award, uh, Performance Car of the Year. So we've obviously wanged on about this at length. Uh, It is the Porsche Cayman GT4 RS, the winner of our uh, recent Speed Week test, of course. I'm not sure there's any more superlatives I've got for this car. I
1: think this is the car that, in the office we've spoken about most over the year and I think we'll be speaking about it for quite a long time now (laughs) yes into the future it's tremendous it's going to go into the hall of fame of Porsche Mm -hmm. definitely Uh, considering where everything's going when you put 500 horsepower into a mid-engined Porsche where they've sorted all the other bits out too it revs to nine grand it makes an amazing noise and um as we found out in Speed Week, you can skid it around for a week and it can still use no tires. Oh,
0: that was amazing, wasn't it? So, yeah, we, we drove it to the Czech Republic and back and skidded around the track for two days. Porsche GB got the car back. We gave it back to them, looked at the tires, plenty of tread for the next loan. They literally yeah. you know, gave it a wipe down and handed it on to the next person, which is this just <laughs> unheard of.
1: Yeah, so if you're thinking about getting a GT4S, especially on the secondhand car market, don't worry about consumables because it doesn't seem to use them. No. So, yeah, if you don't have to worry about tyres. It, it
0: actually makes tyres yeah, <laughs> as it's driving along. It's amazing. Um uh okay then we got Freddie flintoff's car of the year so we give all the presenters a chance to to pick their favorite thing once again Freddie, he hasn't read the rules has he he's gone what for new a new no-
1: car <laughs> <laughs> from
0: 2022 they, they <laughs> we do a yearly award
1: so what has
0: he gone for jack The Peugeot 205 gti tolman edition so to be fair to him it is a, a resto mod um of the 205 gti but essentially it's based on a car from the 80s yes. isn't it it's not a bad choice we've no. we've, we've driven one and it's a hell of a thing we drove it in 2021 we did <laughs> yeah <laughs> although i saw a <laughs> new story now that they've just delivered their first, first customer, customer car, car. so yeah. by that reckoning good timing and it me. is really yeah. good it got
1: through to the top five of the previous year's speed week mm. which was hilarious because i remember we had an sf90 and m3
0: <laughs> and then was, just this old 1980s chasing an sf90 yeah. down a sort of back road in where were we was it was xmall yeah, yeah, that's the one uh, yeah, um, this sort of perch stuff peering through this huge glass house, just sort yeah. of wobbling down the road. Great fun.
1: Yeah, and then it yeah. got very, very nineteen eighties on me, is when I had to go, and then it started pissing oil out of it, <laughs> and then there was smoke coming out of the bonnet, and I said, "Oh God, I don't know what to do here," because I'm the, the generation where we don't get under the bonnet. So then yeah. Ollie managed no, you know c- came to my rescue and the, yeah. the SF nineties toolkit. Yes, exactly. To fix the Peugeot. <laughs> there we
0: go. Perfect. All right, um, luxury car of the year. Um, I suppose a little bit of controversy here, you know, luxury cars always used to be big limo Barges.
1: Didn't well, they? the Spectre. That's what I. That was my vote for this one.
0: Yeah, but well, we haven't driven it yet.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Again, I, not I reading the rules. Well, <laughs> you and Freddy. <laughs>
1: well, it, that's from the future, not yeah. from the past. So. Yeah, I,
0: I think uh, let's say the Spectre was a decent shout next year. Mm. But um, Range Rover. I mean, yeah, it's it's luxury cars. It's it's pretty insane, really, what it can do off road, um, and. And then it can waft about, and let's yeah. face it, ninety-five percent of them are just going to be wafting about. Yeah, and how it,
2: it's how it makes you feel <clears throat> because it's it's a great-looking thing. It's the best bit of new design they've done for a while, and it's yeah, and it's just p- the performance of it in you know not in the performance performance way but in the general performance of it is just peerless it's, it's very, one of those cars
1: good. if you know if you just had to have one it's that and mm. you can spec them in a way that you never used to be able to do Range Rovers and there is some similarities in the JLR range especially when it comes to infotainment and that central screen if you go from a to a new Discovery um, but the Range Rover just does stand out as such a luxurious item and you can get the tables in the back to do your homework on
0: Yeah, and I remember when it first came out, um, Joe McGovern did his bit where he explains the design and how, you know, using very long words that don't mean much, but when you see it in the flesh, you go, ah, he's actually done a really good job there, hasn't he? The way way he smoothed off all the surfaces and made everything flush and all the the way the, the sort of shoulder line goes straight into the glass, and it sounds silly when you're reading it on a press release, and then you see one and you go, yeah. That, that that's that's nice pretty good in it, yeah. but that's
1: where the, yeah. The, the simplicity is key because I <laughs> think for a lot of people they wouldn't know that when you get to the the, the real tailgate and the real lights, that's the only bit you can really tell is quite oh, yeah. new. But for everyone else, uh, it's simpler, but it's timeless design really. So that's that's good design. Yeah, apparently. I think
0: I, I think I remember them saying we asked our Range Rover customers what they wanted, and they said. More of the same, please, <laughs> which suggests you could buy a used Range Rover for a lot less. But um, mm. they've obviously got some cash to burn.
1: But it was also yeah. Paddy's car of the year.
0: Yes, Paddy's car of the year. Good choice, Pad. Um, did a uh, big off-roading feature with, with Chris on the TV show. Which so. you can
1: watch on the iPlayer now. If you want to see the um, off-roading capabilities of a Ranger put to the absolute test, Um okay. Pretty impressive bow wave that he got going as he headbutted quite a large <laughs> body of water <laughs> at some speed. Yeah, so, and um, the
0: uh, front number plate fell off. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Nice that speed. was an awkward fishing trip to try and get that home. So yeah. Cool.
0: Now, Rowan, here is the one exception to the car that we haven't driven but can win an award. It's the car we're most looking forward to driving in 2023 award. And it goes... Not to the Spectre. <laughs> Not to the Spectre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you being paid by Rolls-Royce? No, no no no, 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 no.
1: It's car I'm looking forward to. Yeah. No, it's the Lamborghini Starato.
0: Yeah, the Huracan Starato. So um, I'm a bit excited about this.
1: Yeah, this and the 911 oh. yeah. Dakar. Yeah, so uh, no, we've got top Gear's off-road enthusiasts <laughs> and rally monsterly <laughs> marriage. Um, so yes, a supercar that has ground clearance. What does that mean to you? Oh, It means everything. As long as they've
2: got the under underbody defences right, then we're off. We off we go to a rally stage. <laughs> I think it looks it looks terrific. It looks like you expect it to look, but you stick a load of light bars and stuff on it and raise it up, give it on set of knobblies and some some good defection deflections underneath, and you've got a recipe for wild fun on your it's, hands it's, I reckon
1: you know to get two at the same time because I think they were yeah. basically released within days of each other hmm. it shows the manufacturer I don't know is it a sense of humour or is it are they looking for an opportunity to make some more money kind of a bit of both I think yeah yeah um, But I think you look at this in the same vein you look at a resto mod almost
2: is they've got this they can do this to a car relatively easily
1: off your crack charge a lot of money yeah make very few of them
2: I just then...
0: can't believe I mean it's such a clever idea because not only, I bet you could drive that around a track and it'd be great fun. Sideways everywhere, lots of roll, you Mm. know, a bit like a Nomad is to a a, a standard aerial, um, standard Atom. Um, But then you can take it on the the gravel road or a loose surface and you'll just be sideways everywhere and just huge amounts of fun. But then also, you know, drive it in traffic on the commute or around town or whatever. It's going to be better as well because it's just going to have a bit more compliance, a little bit more ride height for speed bumps and stuff. It just Mm. seems like a win-win-win situation oh, i completely agree yeah. i just, sold already yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a very nerdy point but i like suspension setup and damping etc you know it's 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 <laughs> bizarre it's all, yeah it's okay oh, but i just can't talk get to my, me bro. <laughs> yes i just i just can't get my head around what this and the nine eleven Dakar are going to look like? Because you're just you, your brain is associates these as being very stiff cars mm. when they're in there jacked up. Are they going to slosh around? I'm not sure. Or, I don't
2: think so. I don't think you'll see them being like a WRC car when you see that those wheels take all that impact. Mm.
1: I don't think they'll be quite or that like a Nomad, sublime. which you can throw from you know yeah, one, yeah. oh, one, yeah. one <laughs> shock to another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they will be interesting because softer cars provide for quite entertaining dynamics on a track, but also yeah. give the ability to. Hit anything. Um,
0: so Porsche and Lamborghini leading the way. Who else could do one of these? Ferrari? Anyone, as far as
1: I'm concerned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Everyone, laughs>
0: please. <laughs> well, no,
1: but the Pura Sangue, <clears throat> that's kind of like a halfway house, really, yeah. because it's not a monster, you know, like DBX so You could do yours. your own
2: Pura Sangue with an FF, couldn't you? Yeah.
1: To raise up an FF, bit of knobblies. Yeah, what do you think? What McLaren with the Seven Twenty S off road? They'll never do that. No, they never got a sense of humor, have they?
0: No, 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 no that's not going to work. <laughs> they'll, they'll do an SUV before they do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. a speed tail, Elva.
0: Oh. oh, Elva <laughs> just getting peppered. A speed tail <laughs> That's yeah. a good idea, mate. Well, good idea. Quick, yeah. write it down. <laughs> um Okay, supercar of the year. Big one, this Ferrari two nine six GTB was mm. never really in doubt, was it? Uh, no. Lost out to to the Cayman GT four RS at Speed Week narrowly, yeah. Um, but you know, as a, a as a supercar, I mean, it's just been the best thing this year, head and, head and yeah. shoulders above the rest. Yeah, it has.
2: I think that because I when I when I first drove it, if. It, 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 felt to me you got the sf90 which they proved the hybrid tech could work and this they felt, they they worked they'd worked with the technology and they found out how to make it fun and it was i just think that car is such a clever bit of engineering and because it's just you know just driving it somewhere on electric just feels like a novelty and but it's nice to have a car that has that sort of sense of fun and entertainment mm. to it yeah. yeah it's just it's got a real capability huge capabilities.
1: But I also in really, really enjoyed it in electric mode because mm-hmm. you you worry that, oh, God, is it just going to be like another EV city car because it's got 200 horsepower and it can only do X amount of 0 to 60 for however many miles. But because all the other components and setup is like a supercar, it does feel like a supercar even when you're in, e- in EV mode going around town. You don't feel limited in any way, mm-hmm. but then as soon as you fire up... You know, the whole procedure yeah. of having 800 horsepower, it's um, it's pretty mad. And how
0: did you enjoy the suspension settings, Ray? Because that's obviously yeah. <laughs> that's your favourite bit. Yeah. All right,
1: all right, all right. There we go. Great right. graphics on that car, by the way. I was oh. really impressed with the, the oh, <laughs> entertainment the packaging. Uh. No, for Ferrari, which used to be a binnacle that didn't really work, and then, then for the F12 and FF, they decided to put something in the package. Here, it, there is amazing graphics going on, uh, the 360 camera, etc. But what it shows... Oh, it, I don't it, get on with that
2: interior. That is, what, that
1: is my... What, all those sort of haptic feedback buttons yeah. in there,
2: I struggle with. I know the, the graphics and yeah. are
1: pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. they're a nightmare. I, I, I was just because the I hate that there's not a start button. You kind of have to press, put your press finger a somewhere, spot yeah. somewhere
0: on the wheel, and it just yeah, yeah. There's a pause and then. Off you go, yeah.
1: yeah. But I had to it the beeps, the, yeah. yeah. The, the the voice assistant or whoever was in oh, the car. Yeah,
0: I kept hitting that, and you're, you're going around a, you know, a sort of third gear bend, uh, drum Moss, and they go. What can I help you with, or whatever? <laughs> yeah, not know.
1: crashing, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: going away, please. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, next up is Reader's Choice Award. So this is when we throw it over to. The good readers of topgear.com, we give them a really long list. I think it was a, sort of 35, nearly 40 cars to mm-hmm. choose from. So all cars that we've liked that we launched in the last 12 months. And then they, uh, you, dear listeners, voted in your thousands for the Datcha Jogger.
1: Yeah, which I love because like, there were yeah. supercars, yeah. there was performance cars, mm. there SUVs. How
2: down
0: yeah. to earth are Top Gear readers?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's basically it's, it's Dacia sterato, isn't it? Anyway, <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit raised with a bit of body cladding on it. But this, is but, a, but this is a car that can do everything.
1: Yeah, because you can put everyone in it. You can take it anywhere you you want. Plus, yeah, you know, it's quite economic. Well, it's very economical to run. Very economical to buy. Mm. If you hit yeah. something, that's okay too. Yeah, um,
0: I like the fact that it's kind of. Uh, yeah it's raised up like an SUV but it's kind of it's more of an MPV yeah, than an yeah. SUV. I like that. More
2: of an estate car. Yeah. So it sort of treads that fine line, doesn't yeah. it? And it does it, and it all feels very in tune with cost of living crisis and everything yeah. else. It's, I'm yeah, just it's so a good choice.
0: with the taste of our readers. But uh, yes, there exactly. There were some horrors on there they could have chosen. They didn't.
1: <laughs> no, but also when we go in, the, in the realm of 750 horsepower Maseratis, mm. 108 horsepower to play with yeah. from a three-cylinder, which you would just love to thrash because you want to use every bit of performance that you've got.
0: welded to the floor everywhere. Perfect. Any way to drive it. All right, which brings us to the the last one. Well, actually, I say the last award. There's actually three awards wrapped Mm -hmm. up in a single car here at the end because our Hot Hatch of the Year, Chris Harris's Car of the Year, Mm -hmm. and our Overall Car of the Year is the new Honda Civic Type R, which is, um, well, a a fistful, an armful of awards for the new Civic Type R. But, you know, this is a car... In, in its previous incarnations that's just blown us away. So, I mean, the big question for me was, could it be better than its predecessor? And uh, the answer it Could be is, better looking? It is. is <laughs> well, so, well speak to this man over here, because apparently...
1: I like. I, I actually Do you prefer like the last the, one. Yeah, I prefer the old. No, everyone said it was
0: too much, but I think for
1: a hot hatch like that, you kind of need to shout a bit. Hmm. This one's a bit too subtle. Like all you've done is just plonked a spoiler on it. The other one looks like a really I fast like a hot hatch. Yes, complete yob. Well, sometimes you need to be a yob, don't you? <laughs> Society needs yobs. Yeah,
4: yeah,
0: yeah. On a like rowing on a Friday night, but um, I, I, I don't know. I think it, I, I think it looks better. But mm. inside, the seats insane the you know that classic little stubby metal gear lever it's got all these things that 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 get us excited Mm -hmm. um and and other than that i mean it's pretty much same formula as before right which wasn't bad
2: that's nothing it was astonishing yeah yeah little bit great great little
0: bit more power Mm -hmm. um i mean the way that it didn't get torque steer with over 300 horsepower going through the front wheels it did eventually a little bit but you know it, it, it was the diff that kind of dominated it in tight corners, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I think this, and the only other car I think is, goes down a similar vein, is an i20N of a tr- very traditional hot hatch formula, whereas everything's kind of going for more power and spreading the power over four wheels. Yeah. And that is what is now seen as a Monday hot hatch. This is a proper front-wheel drive car. And you yeah. and front-wheel drive is fun because it's quite, you know, rare to have performance go that way. And you to manage this car and to drive it quickly you need to know what you're doing but it's also so engaging but also so accessible at the same time mm-hmm. it's not like going into that 296 you think god how am I going to handle all of this you have to you can build yourself up to it but also to exhaust all of the performance out of it is is really fun and as Chris Harris showed on the um, TV show the other night you can make it do things that a front <laughs> wheel do... drive car has never been able to do before
0: and, and I think it's worth mentioning that one of the reasons we've you know, giving it all these awards and, and the big award of the night, which is the overall car of the year, is the fact that it's kind of a bit of a dying breed, this this front-wheel-drive hot hatch formula. I yeah. mean, there was a time when they were everywhere. And right now, the fact that Honda's still committing to this sector, this segment, if you like, it's kind of rare. So they're, they're, they'd normally be duking it out with, with Renaults and everything else, but it seems to be dry. It's a very
2: up. dry landscape out mm. there, isn't it, for hot hatches? It's yeah. such a shame because all that landscape of... Cars that had, you know, it's when they wanted to really show what their hatchback, their ordinary cars could do. They didn't, they weren't doing concepts and stuff. They were just turning them into cracking driver's cars. Yeah. And we look at, I look back on that now and think it's such a shame that people aren't, there isn't, they don't think the market's there for it or they need to position the brand in a different way. Whatever it is, we've lost out.
1: But it is an enthusiast car. You see someone driving that Civic Type, they know (laughs) what they're talking about. And they will come to the pub with me and talk about suspension
0: settings. Yeah, and and actually, as as you say, enthusiast car, I think they they recognise that. It's becoming more of a niche, which is why the price, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but supposedly high 40s are the rumours. You know, 45 grand and up, and then probably not going to bring that many over. It'll be a fairly limited things but then, so. then again that's what a standard electric crossover is i was days, just going to say
1: an X, the xc40 <laughs> yeah. recharge that i came it was 50 grand and that's got nothing on it so if i could have a civic type for 45
0: yeah and you can't yeah. do lift off oversteering that
1: well i've given it a go <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. well there we go all right so a bit of a whistle stop tour of um of the the, the top gear wards but some absolutely cracking cars it feels like the industry um, after throttling back a bit for the pandemic is really back on song now and there's a ton of exciting stuff coming next year as well so um
1: but if you want to see all those winners with your eyes rather than just us just describing them with ears yes it's all on the youtube channel now where um, we go through and we've got a montage or if we've a lot of them we've all driven had individual films on as well so yeah. check those out
0: yeah check those out hmm. i tell you what though before we go should we have a little quiz
1: yeah
4: Ooh,
0: yeah let's get quizzy let's Izzy Wizzy Let's get quizzy Let's get the quiz master on Stato We're going to have to phone himself. him Where is he? I don't know where he is I don't know I think he's in Spain Driving an Audi R8 Oh he oh. is Yeah yeah He is Lucky git Yeah Alright Let's get him on Cute. <laughs> Mr. Quiz Are you
4: there? I am And I mean quizness Hello Jen <laughs>
0: <laughs> How long have you been thinking About that one for?
4: I was hoping to have a different one for every single pod, but then I realised that would last three episodes. So we should probably just move on straight to the topic, shall yeah, we? Yeah,
0: I, I, I did Quiz of Oz and Izzy Wizzy, let's get Quizzy, and I've, I'm dry. I'm dry.
4: No, but do we get to. Because it is December,
1: nearly. Are we in December? No, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas!
0: Cool. Oh! Like, we can
4: do this. Yeah. I think <laughs> you, I think you shot about. your
0: bolt a bit early there, Ro. You could have, could have held on for another week or two. But anyway, it's Quizmas. What's the topic?
4: Well, in a uh, in a rare bit of being topical on the Top Gear top nine, and here's a clue already, I've probably gone too early with this one. I'm looking for your top nine off-roading sports cars. Can you think of any sports cars which have been specially <laughs> adapted to be good in the rough stuff, gents? And um, I'll stop there because I think I'm going to give too many answers away. I've just seen Rowan's eyes light up, but maybe that's because he's looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no! It's not. It's uh, well. Are we doing three each? Is that two, the thing? Each, so we need nine. Each. Anyway, so because, so
4: each.
0: we've got yeah, me, Rowan, and Ollie marriage yeah. So two each. um Who wants to go first? Oh
1: well, yeah. who wants to fight over the aerial nomad? Is the answer basically, isn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> just the first guess from you, Rowan. Rowan.
0: Mine. Surely
1: that's mine. It's, Ollie's
0: definitely <laughs> driven that more than any human on the face of the planet, so that has to be his. God, Ollie, tell, tell Caleb, us about the aerial nomad. I, I've got a horrible
2: feeling that he's going to tell Ollie's going to tell us that it's not in his list. In which case, I'm, we're, he and I are going to have words after this. Ollie, but let's go for it. Let's so the... say There we are then. So
4: the, the aerial nomad was your first guess, was it? Yeah. And yes, it is on the list. A correct answer to kick us off. of... It's a, it's a bit of a toy. It's a bit of a go-kart, fine. But yeah, taking the aerial Atom philosophy and then just putting it on knobbly tyres, long travel suspension, making it look like a remote control car is probably one of our favourite sports cars of the last decade, of the century. Yeah, absolutely correct. Absolutely.
0: Answer. Right. I'm I was going to think, curious. if there's
4: one car we all agree on mm. and we love,
1: it's that. Every, anyone who's driven an aerial nomad absolutely loves them because, yeah, it just takes... You know the, an open top sports car anywhere, and uh, Ollie marriage has spent a lot of time in them over the years
0: I think when the day comes, Ollie, you might be buried in an aerial nomad you know <laughs> that's actually <that's laughs> a really good shot maybe i need to go full Thelma and Louise and throw <laughs> it off a cliff <laughs> oh it'd be a be a great shot um um, <laughs> good for always, you. always thinking about the mag, always thinking about the mag, right? <laughs> I'll go next then. So, I'm not going to go Watch for that. the really, really obvious one that's staring us in the face because it's been gobbling up all the headlines recently. Um, I'm going to go for the second most obvious thing, which is the latest Ferrari, so the Pura Sangue, Ooh. an off road
4: supercar. So, what you're getting is SUV. This is exactly well, the point, isn't it? Ferrari in it. insists it's not yeah. an SUV because it's not very tall and it doesn't go off-road and it doesn't have a towing hitch at the back because that would get in the way of the rear diffuser. But it's an SUV. Come on. We're not taking their marketing rubbish, literally. So, Jack, okay. that is an incorrect answer. I did not put it on the list. You are just...
0: That's ridiculous. I mean, you said yourself, it's—it's it's, it, when we first saw pictures of it, it looks like a a slightly taller FF. Basically, it's an estate car.
4: Exactly, and isn't an estate? It's an estate car, not a sports car. We're looking for to- we're not going off road yeah. estate cars. Then we'd have the Audi Allroad in here. So yeah, I, I, I grant you a seven hundred whatever it is, twenty five horsepower V twelve in a in a in a family car is hilarious. But I'm still not quite happy enough to call it. a I'd argue a sports that's car.
0: fairly sporty. But anyway, I've been overruled. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Wait for the special version. <laughs> okay, over right, to Rowan. Excellent.
1: Right, so, uh, this is actually quite a difficult one. I, I'm going to go older to the original um, because of the news. Oh, sorry, are we counting the, the 911 Dakar as part of this anyway? That's not an answer because that's what it's hooked off. So I'm going to go for its granddad, the 959. Not the 953, which is the like kind of 911-shaped uh, racer, but the 959 which is the equivalent of a hypercar nowadays being an off-roader, a furiously complicated um, supercar
4: that then decided to do the Paris-Dakar rally. Surely it's on the list. It is on the list, Ryan, a correct answer. And yeah, you're absolutely right. This was one of the, the holy trinity cars, if you like, the the, the 918 Spider of its day. Everything on this car had adaptive four-wheel drive. It had high adjustable suspension. It had hollow magnesium wheels. That's my favourite one. So it could have tyre pressure monitoring. Built for Group B rallying, Group B died before Porsche had actually finished this car, so they decided to take it to the Paris-Dakar, and in 1986, I think it was, it took a 1-2 to finish, which just goes on to prove what a phenomenally versatile platform a, a 911 is, because it was a little bit based on a 911, and it, it's what gave us all the super hypercars we know today, really. Anything that's got four-wheel drive and sequential turbocharging and anything clever on it can trace routes back to the 959. so yeah, Rowan, you take a point.
0: Coolest Dakar car ever. It's got to be up there.
4: Oh, it's, that's a that's a oh, that's that a that's up. a tough one. That's, <laughs> a, <laughs> a, yeah, that's a
1: tough list to to go for.
0: Both, um Both Rowan and Ollie just leaned back in their chairs and <laughs> sighed. Oh, <laughs> don't go there. Don't go. Maybe that's an entire another pod.
1: Yeah, that is is. But imagine like it's contemporary, the Ferrari F forty then being jacked up and sent to the Paris Dakar is that shows how
4: mad that the the 959 is going there I
0: tell you what that's quite a, that's a good idea
4: that was much more of a racing car kind of car as well the 959 was full of luxuries so yeah just still one of those crazy ideas all right gone then i i still reckon i'm not sure well
2: off road. It was sort of converted for off road. The 959, rather than actually being an off roadier. Don't
0: thing. don't argue okay. with the quizmaster. Okay.
2: <laughs> no, that's very true. Shouldn't do that. <laughs> so there's an obvious one to follow on from there, um, but I'm not going to go for the obvious one. I'm going to go way back, probably about the same time as the 959. I think a French company called Venturi or Aixam did something, did something called the Mega Track. Which I think was an MVS Venturi raised up with a Mercedes V twelve in the back.
0: And it's a bit obscure, but it's quite quite weird. Did they actually produce any? Did they actually sell any? Or Allow it- me
4: to wade in. I've got no idea. They produce a, a, a fewer than ten. No one seems to be quite sure how many. It's probably about five. But I'm going to count that, and I'm going to give Oli Maris the point. That is a correct answer. Oh. Excellent. This is oh, France's contribution to the, the crossover craze, yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. In the mid-90s, they took you know a mid-engine 6-litre V12, only 390 horsepower, and yet it weighed 2.2 tonnes. So it probably wasn't that quick. But it does seem that the only pictures you can find of this thing, and there aren't that many because it's so rare, in all the pictures, it's going massively sideways on dirt. So it must have been quite good fun.
0: <laughs> well done, Ollie. That's two out of two. And for all you maths fans out there, you'll realise that I've now been locked out because I can get a maximum of one out of two. Um, so well done Ollie. you've at least uh, you've definitely won Um, All right, I'm going to go a bit of a risk this because you're probably going to throw some obscure rule at me saying it's a concept car and it doesn't count but I remember Audi doing a jacked up supercar concept it was sort of it it wasn't an R8 but it kind of had big R8 vibes to it and as I remember it was called the the Nanook Or the Nan UK, depending on your pronunciation.
4: (laughs) The Nan UK. (laughs) (laughs) We are getting into some very, very obscure cars now, Jack. But that was on my list and correct answer. You are at least honourably off the mark. Yeah, this was a car at the 2013, I think it was the, it was either the Geneva or the Frankfurt mode show, one of the big glitzy mode shows. And Audi decided we would show off a mid-engine supercar raised off the ground massive tires and it had a V10 turbo diesel in the back so yeah it just shows you know that's how long ago this was now this was back when Audi was promoting diesel as a fuel for the future it seems quite a at uh, a different world away now but um yeah you wouldn't they did talk about putting the Nanuk into production but then they decided to just go with the petrol R8 instead um yeah really odd moment in the R8 sort of well, ten, 10 years, years
0: ahead of the um of the the new 911 Dakar and and the Huracan Stelvio. Well, absolutely! Well. Yeah, they could have um, ahead of the game.
4: They could have, yeah, they could have been first to the game, but they um they put the wrong engine in it and then pulled the plug. So right, Jack gets a point. Well done, Jack! But you can't win. So Rowan's last guess is to to tie the match up, or Oli Marriage wins. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. Your
1: lists just um, <laughs> drive me wild, if I'm honest. <laughs> But I'm gonna go down the odd route because you're an odd man. <laughs> so I I I'm gonna go bring something from the 90s, which I think has been on many, many Top Gear magazine worst car ever list, but I don't think it's the worst car ever. I think it's one of the best, not the best, but it's you know, it's somewhere in the top 70 somewhere. <laughs> um The Suzuki <laughs> X90. Do you remember that? It was basically <laughs> a a suzuki (laughs) cappuccino is it a sports it's a sports car though it basically you could get it with a t-top roof it was rear wheel drive and it basically is a cappuccino that you can take off road it's a cappuccino that's made love with a vitara or a Jimny. I would love to drive one of those off-road.
2: <laughs> Rowan, well, I, if you've got that in a list of your top 70, Rowan,
0: that's not I good. I want to see that list. <laughs> I demand to see that list. Oh, also, I, love I have that the details that are, than that are sportier than that car. That is not as a, a result, sporty
4: car. As a result, it was nowhere near this list. That is an incorrect answer, I'm afraid, Rowan. Don't give me that look. How, how much dare money? You assume how much money did list? Ollie
0: pay you to throw that one? Because I, <laughs> I don't know. That just smells fishy to me.
4: Particularly, well, no. I, particularly, as I so, was it just my hearing, or did Jack give away another correct answer? Just a second ago, I think the words Lamborghini Huracan Stirato oh, popped oh, out Starato. of his mouth, which is the new, the, the, one of the latest, one of the newest off-roading supercars of Jacked Up Huracan. But um, did you, what else did you have on the list? You have the Singer ACS, I assume you had on that on the list as well. I didn't put the Singer ACS on the list because I was a bit, I thought it was all got a bit dubious with that car, what with the. It came out and then it very quickly went away and all the Porsche lettering disappeared off the side of it. And I thought, oh dear, this could involve lawyers. I'll leave that alone. So uh, (laughs) instead, I honourably looked at other... Concept cars, perhaps cheating a bit, but they are quite interesting. So before the Audi Nanuk, which was a great answer from Jack, you might remember the ital Design Parkour, which was a, a sort Over of here. Italian version of the same idea, but named after the yeah the French sport of throwing yourself around a city centre. It was um it was again, and it had it had going doors, and it had a five point two liter V ten in the back. And yeah, could have been an ultimate extension of the R8, but they didn't build that either, which is a pity, because imagine just going, I'm popping down the shops in my <laughs>
1: I do like that the sport of you jumping off bus stops and things like that I didn't know uh, that's how parkour was defined you have
0: to do some parkour move to get into your car it won't let you in otherwise you have to sort of jump off
4: a very narrow ledge in order to get in flip off a traffic (laughs) bonnard into the cabin (laughs) (laughs) there we go it was a fun list to put together ultimately the reason I had to delve into concept cards and what have you is there aren't that many stuff like the 911 down and like the Lamborghini Huracan Storato, are they're sort of ploughing new ground almost. But we, you know, ideas like this, you know, look at like speedsters, for example. One car company like Ferrari makes a speedster, and everyone piles in and goes, we'll have a slice of that. So maybe this time next year, you won't be able to move for jacked up McLarens and Aston Martins and Lamborghinis and whatnot. We'll have to wait and see. I can't wait. I think it's a formula that's been uh, woefully underplayed, personally. Yeah, and the perfect one for all of us who, um, especially in Britain, listeners all have to drive on British roads, will be nodding along going, yeah, potholes. You can't use modern supercars here. Perfect. Stick some knobby tyres on it. Jack's up suspension. You are pothole proof.
0: Speed, speed humps yeah. in Streatham. That's what I'm thinking about.
4: <laughs> yeah. Very niche problem there from Jack. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, Ollie, that's all fantastic. Right. Um, Thanks, guys. Not well, Ollie. Fact-
4: Congratulations on your glorious win.
0: Okay, that's probably enough for this one. I'm quizzed out. I'm quizzed out. My brain hurts. Um, Please leave a review, everyone, if you do enjoy the pod, or even if you don't. Actually, if you don't, probably best not to Um, leave a star. No, give a go. Give some stars. I'll give some constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah. All right, take that. Uh, Leave a star rating. Um, Send us a message. Podcast at bbctopgearmagazine.com. We've been threatening to do it for a while. We might even read some out. Oh, yeah, we meant to do that this week. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't look at those, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, go and go check out topgear.com for rolling car news reviews and anything else, including loads more info on all our award winners. Um, what else, Ray?
1: The social servers, they've been on fire. We've been putting so much stuff on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can get all of your Top Gear hit there and TikTok now.
0: Oh. Do you know my thumb's gone viral? Yeah, you've got one of the most famous it, thumbs in the world. What was it doing? <laughs> it was starting... Um,
1: <laughs> I don't well, want to yeah. know. I I don't <laughs> <want to laughs> know. Leave it there. No, no it was a uh, 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 Mercedes McLaren SLR. I was starting... 10 oh. million people. Must be big in China, my thumb. I've seen <laughs> it. Left thumb. Flicking up the gear lever. Flicking up the gear lever, giving a little prod of the bus. This is the brave yeah. new
0: world of hastily filmed portrait the (laughs) videos on your iPhone and uh, suddenly yeah 10 million views later
1: then you go viral yeah so uh, but we've also got that but then on YouTube as well slightly higher quality uh, video content rather than my thumb highest quality yeah filmed on, on an iPhone um Cars that we've talked about, we have a video on the Yesco, we've got the Storato walk around by Tom Ford, there is also on the iPlayer, if you want even more production quality, the TV show, where there's, well, the the whole new series is just wrapped up, but lots in there, including Chris and the Honda Civic, which you're off to drive. Day after tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So Road and Track.
2: Go and see see how it gets on.
1: Um, And then, plus, for all these award winners and much more, there is the magazine that you can purchase. Yeah. Um, online or just go to
0: a newsagents. A newsagents. The way you said it sounds so old fashioned, doesn't it? But it kind of is, isn't it? It, it exists. But that's where they, you can buy them. Your from. local magazine retailer. Okay. Thanks for listening. See you next time. See you next month.